This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Full Pole Wines. Now, Full Pole Wines brings you the stories of amazing Northwest boutique wines and offers them to you at amazing prices. Uh, they've also got some stuff from France if you're like Molly and into that sort of thing. And I asked Full Pole Wines founder Paul Zitarelli what he would pair with washed rind cheeses. And he said, go for a Beaujolais Village, or if you're really going for it, a Cru Beaujolais. Is it Village? Village? I'm not sure. Molly's going to have to weigh in on this. But what you should do is go to fullpolewines.com, get on that mailing list, get those amazing wine deals, and they will ship them to you, or you can pick them up at their warehouse in Seattle, which is a pretty cool space, and you should go check it out. Fullpolewines.com. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about washed rind cheese, but I was thinking maybe we should call it stinky cheese, because like... The stinkiest cheeses are... <laughs> you know, when you said stinky cheese, my dog just choked on something in your kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's a very fitting sound to go yeah. with the phrase stinky cheese. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if we can enhance like like they do on a on a spy show. You know, a spy show. A spy... <laughs> like what spies, are you even talking about? Spies on ice. Wait, enhance um, what? Like like when they enhance the audio or the video, like, like you know, I, hear, I heard that thing in the background. Can you enhance it so we can hear? like what they were saying. You know, in the episode of Battlestar Galactica that uh-huh. I was watching last night, it was the one where um, where number six pretends to be Shelley Godfrey and and to like accuse Gaius Baltar of being a traitor. Yes, and, she, and I will pretend I watched brings, this show. She brings in this disc that has a photograph of him or a video of him approaching uh, like the Ministry of Defense holding a bomb and they're trying to verify that it's him by enhancing his reflection That is what I'm talking about. Of the Ministry of Defense. Yes, yeah, so we're going to enhance your minute. dog. Can I tell you that this is the episode in which Gaius Baltar? Oh, I think of this episode. No, no that this is the episode of Battlestar in which Gaius Baltar exclaims, "No more, Mister Nice Gaius." Oh wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I just love it so much. <laughs> 
<laughs> is this is this like a radio show from the forties? Um, it's just amazing. Okay. okay. Um, I I have a cautionary tale that is also completely unrelated to wash drying cheese. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, but I wanted to share it on the show just in case any listener could possibly benefit from it, and also because it's gross and I want to talk about it. Okay. So there was like a, a horrible fishy smell in my kitchen, <gasps> and. I thought. Oh no! You told me that this this story was coming, and yes. I'd forgotten about it. Um, oh, no. I thought that it was related to you know we had uh, broiled fish for breakfast on Sunday, and I thought oh like a piece of fish must have gotten loose under the sink or something. Must have nope. gotten loose. Yes, like it escaped. <laughs> it swam away. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't that. So then I'm like oh no, like I've heard a garbage disposal can get smelly. What if there's like a f- piece of fish stuck in the garbage disposal and I can't get to it? So I figured that must be it. I called my manager. He's like I'll send the garbage disposal guy. Then I realized that was not it because the smell was on my hands. The soap in our soap dispenser had gone rancid. Oh, it was the most disgusting thing. It was like it Wait, was so is... much worse than that um, rotten onion that we cut into one time. This is why you had a stomach ache like all day Tuesday. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Really? I'm, I mean, that might not have been the only reason, but it didn't help. Wow, I mean, it was that's disgusting. so disgusting. So like I threw away the entire soap dispensing mechanism. Like, I I think I'm going to give up soap. I think you should. (laughs) I think that is the only Uh logical reaction to have here. Yeah. So just so if you have a, a terrible smell in your kitchen, it could be soap. Wow. I didn't know this was a possibility. That is shocking and terrifying. Yeah. What might happen next? Well, I, what's going to happen next is I'm, I'm going to continue having nightmares and flashbacks to the to the smell for the rest of my life. So, okay, okay you want to talk about cheese? Yeah, let's talk about cheese. So, washed rind cheeses specifically today. This yes. is a, a category of cheese that I think people either love or hate. Or don't know what we mean. Yes. So, um, So, I feel like before we go down memory lane... Which, Do you think we should talk about about what what the heck we're talking about? Uh, yes, and I, I understand you did an enormous amount of research. Well, so okay, so and I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, yeah, no, I had so much fun reading online about washed rind cheeses. I, I had trouble basically cutting cutting the information down to a manageable amount. Right. So Matthew, okay, yes, okay, washed so, rind cheeses. So there are three categories of cheese in which mold is used in the, the making. Okay, okay, can I try and guess one? Yeah, blue cheese. Well, yes. Yes, okay. that is one of the categories. Okay. Another uh, Okay, can I guess another one? Yeah. Um old cheese that you forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um soft ripened cheeses. So like ah. brie and camembert. Oh, so those are not washed rind cheeses? No, those Okay. Those are th- those are cheeses that use mold. Hold on, we're getting to washed rind. Okay. okay. I'm trying okay. to jump the gun, the cheese yeah, gun. Yeah. So basically so cheeses like brie and camembert, they start out firm and kind of chalky. Um, and and they age from the outside in, yes, because you expose them to mold on the outside. You like you know paint them with that mold that becomes that kind of like white bloomy rind, right? Right? Okay. And sometimes like if you cut into one that's that's not fully ripened, still, like, like there's still like in chalky there. layer in the middle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so this is one category of a, a cheese that uses mold in order to ripen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Another category, and the one we're going to be primarily discussing today, is a washed rind cheese. Okay. okay? Washed rind cheeses. Okay. They ripen from the outside in. Uh huh. Because 
you wash them or like brush them with a particular stuff, usually. Do humans ripen from the outside in or the inside out? (laughs) Because you brush them with a particular substance that basically invites a kind of bacteria to live on oh. their surface and it's that bacteria like that, an evite yeah it's like only it's a bvite <laughs> it, it wait i thought it was like a the, an mvite like a mold oh mold oh i was thinking b for bacteria but it's like it's bacteria and fungi probably right okay so here do you want me to read from wikipedia i do okay great Wash-drying cheeses are periodically cured in a solution of saltwater brine or mold-bearing agents like beer, wine, brandy, and spices, making their surfaces amenable to a class of bacteria that impart pungent odors and distinctive flavors and produce a firm, some might say flavorful, rind around the cheese. Um Hold on. Yeah. This process requires regular washings. It's very labor intensive. These cheeses can be soft. They're not aged very long, the soft ones. And they generally start out with a really um, moist uh, curd. Or if they start out with like a drier curd, less moisture in the cheese to start with, they become hard cheeses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, basically, I I think it's so crazy. Like... These How cheeses, this these cheeses all rely upon mold to to basically create various flavors and smells and textures and 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 it all just depends upon like what kind of milk you're using and what kind of substance you're like inoculating it yeah. with and then like where you're aging it and like it's so biological. Yeah, it's like there's a whole world in that Appenzeller. Yeah, yeah, Matthew. Um, you do you want to tell us about smear ripened cheeses? Because I do because it's, it's so much so fun disgusting. to say. Disgusting. Well, I mean, of all the kinds of cheeses, like how was this discovered? Like, is it is it just that like if you have a flavorful substance, you're just going to go around wiping it on everything and yeah, see what it's happens? Super weird. Like, at what point? Like, I get the idea that maybe like somebody made some cheese at some point, and then some mold started to grow on it, and then somebody had the bright idea of like eating it despite the fact that mold was growing on. Right. And they were they were like. Yep. They were like, that's tasty. It was some extreme person. Like, I, I mean, I think part of part of what happened, I think that probably happened. And then I, I think most washed rind cheeses started out um, it, it, like they have monastic origins. Like in the Middle Ages, I think that like Trappist monks and stuff, they had like uh, beer and brandy and stuff. And they were like, hey, we'll, we'll make some extra money for our monastery by making cheese and then like painting it with this stuff the stuff we already have yeah we're already were these the same kind of monks who uh, i don't know by the, i do know that these cheeses started out that way but i i don't really know like this is like a chicken or egg situation okay like like, like w- w- never mind <laughs> i don't think you can make cheese from chicken milk <laughs> um were these the same kind of monks that you see in kung fu movies that would like do amazing like acts of kung fu and then they would go back and, and I think once again you cheeses, are trying to inflect brush. everything with your like Asian bias I'm trying to talk <laughs> about something that is like French Belgian Swiss and you're like hey let's talk about Asia well I mean are you saying that that, that there can't be like you know cross cultural pollination in the same way that, that these cheeses are inoculated with uh, <laughs> you know bacteria good bacteria wow, that, Matthew, like, that was an amazing play on the word culture yeah thanks yeah. Uh, okay let me tell you about uh, about washed rind cheeses, uh, about smear ripened cheeses. 
Cheesins. <laughs> we going we going to taste some t- tasty cheesins. I, <laughs> Hold on, should I take the baguette out of the oven? You said, yeah, take take the baguette out of your mouth. Some washed rind cheeses are also smear ripened with solutions of bacteria or fungi. I'm not going to read the Latin names, which usually gives them a stronger flavor as the cheese matures. And in some cases, older cheeses <laughs> are smeared on young cheeses. <laughs> oh Molly wrote, oh, my God, to transfer the microorganisms. Oh, my God. Is there any sort of like analogy? Like, I'm sure there like is, but I don't want to think of, about like, it. Hazing ritual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like the older, the older, like, like, uh, what do you call older people at a fraternity? Like the fraternity brothers? Yeah, I don't at know some anything point about they this. just smear themselves all over I the mean, pledges. I think that probably does happen. I think it probably okay. does, but nobody talks about it. Uh-huh. But we're, but we're bringing it out into the light, like, like the way we bring a cheese out of a cheese cave. Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. Um, so one of the cheeses that is listed under the smear ripened category on Wikipedia is Munster. Okay. okay. Can we start memory lane here? Because oh, yeah. I don't have any. I don't think I liked this kind of cheese when I was a kid at all. Okay. So I... When I don't I, even know if I knew it existed. Oh, I definitely didn't know it existed. But when I was um, in college, I used to work during the summers and over the holidays at Whole Foods Market. Oh, yes. I think I might have mentioned this before. At, at the cheese counter or like across from the well, cheese so counter? Well, so one season I worked uh, at the prepared foods counter mm-hmm. uh, and the other I worked at the cheese counter. Oh, the season of cheesing. The season of cheesing. And anyway, um, I, that was where I really started to like learn a lot about cheeses. That and makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But anyway, um, you know, of course, we had all these like really nice, fancy imported cheeses that were all spiffy and special and expensive. But then we also had, you know, basically like this refrigerator case that we were responsible for keeping stocked with more like everyday cheeses like okay. cheddar and, you know, mozzarella and stuff like that. And one of the and these cheeses would come in these big rectangular logs. OK. And we would have to slice them into, you know, um, sort of like paperback width slices. That makes sense. Individually wrapped them and pack them in this refrigerator case for people to buy. And one of the cheeses that we always carried like that was Munster. And it was so nasty. Like, I would have to, you know, handle this huge log. It was probably like a, I don't know, 15 pound log or something. And it was like, it had this like gross orangey red kind of like stain on the outside of it that would kind of smear across the cheese on the inside if you didn't clean the blade of the of the knife that you were using to slice it. I'm sorry, it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about how I'm going to cut would out the part where you said... And smell so disgusting. And yet I remember, like, people snapped that cheese up. Like, what is the deal with that? It, it is the most, like, um, unfriendly huh. style of cheese. And yet people were buying a fair amount of it. Who eats Munster? I, I mean, first of all, all of the, the cast of the Munsters... Um, <laughs> I I don't okay I think and and we should look this up I I think Munster refers to two different cheeses like and one's like the real Munster and one's the knockoff is Munster hold on like is it made in the U.S. or is it like made in the U.S. and also like I think in it's in Europe both. I think it's like how there's a Parmesan and a Parmigiano Reggiano yes okay um, but okay. Uh, when we when we break to like make our cheese plate here which which I really hope we're gonna taste according to the cheese plate system <laughs> um, we can we can look up uh, the the Munster story but I uh, I don't know I mean like stinky cheeses are kind of a 
an outlier in the in the American food arena. Yeah, I feel like in general, other cultures do a much better job than we do of understanding that sometimes the most delicious things have smells that are really difficult. Uh Fish Um, sauce. Fish sauce. um, Tripe. I mean, making, you know, boiling tripe like that is a a, not a great smell. Um, But I think in the 80s, probably before that, but like I remember in the 80s that, uh, you know, being into fancy cheese was like a a popular way to to be like impress a, your friends a, a, yeah food social climbing food person and fancy cheese was to some extent synonymous with stinky cheese yeah i think that there is i feel this way about both cheese and sushi uh-huh. like like because i like food and whatever <laughs> i'm supposed to be really like game i also like food i'm supposed to be game about these things but the truth is when you eat you've eaten sushi with me like i'm a very tame sushi eater i'm like i would like the wild salmon uh-huh. And, and like, um, I will maybe eat some mackerel. I enjoy it maybe seventy percent of the time. The other thirty uh-huh. percent, I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Well, um, I hope it does, never gets loose in your garbage disposal. <laughs> and anyway, but I feel this way about these cheeses. I feel like, um, like the powers that be. Yeah. Th- th- they. They like these cheeses. Which powers are these I'm exactly? Not, I'm not sure. Like the the elite, the the culinary elite. The culi- Oh, I see. Like yeah. The, like, Do you think anybody thinks we're part of the culinary elite? Oh, I think definitely. Yeah. And to those people, we want to say, I don't know what do we want to say. I don't know what we want to say. Like, see what you think after this episode. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know whether I like many of these cheeses. Well, you're um, about to find out. I mean, I think I think of myself as liking most cheeses. Okay, well, um, these are I not most cheeses. The, yeah, these. Are, this is the category of cheese that I have the least experience with. I remember, um, uh, oh, I guess I do have a little bit of memory lane, because I remember in my 20s discovering Taleggio, mm. possibly like at Fairway Market. That is my favorite washed rine and, cheese. Yeah, it's it's good, and, and, and it's, but it's also like the most approachable. Yes, I was going to say it is, it is like the... Um, the California roll of exactly um, of of salt, washed rind cheeses. Yes, it's the it's the mild cheddar. Yeah, it is, and I I love it. Okay, but basically, so these cheeses they all have like a moist or kind of like sticky exterior. Like yes. I never really like touching the rind. Oh, and um, I like nothing but touching the rind. <laughs> and the rind is generally like reddish orange, and they have a uh, a profound aroma. I would I would say. Um, and and yeah, this all comes from the particular bacteria that that develop on the outside of it, and yeah. um, and they get these crazy flavors. One thing that I often notice is that they're really salty. Sure, is it is that because like the the cheese itself is made with a lot of salt to to endure this process, or is it because they're being washed with something salty? I don't know. There's a wonderful article on Serious Eats by Liz Thorpe, who is their um, self-described cheese ninja. Oh, nice. And um, See? It's it's east-west cross-pollination that I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, she says that, that, like, typical... I realize a monk is not the same as a ninja. That typical flavors are... Um, typical flavors of washed rind cheeses are, like, meaty, yeasty animal and salty. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and I mean, they're so, so wondering... yeasty that you wrote it twice. <laughs> I just noticed that. 
<laughs> anyway, so yeah. So should we get busy tasting this stuff? Yeah, let's get um, busy. And, and we should also say that this episode was suggested by listener Chris. And oh, thanks, listener Chris. Yeah, thanks, listener Chris, because we are about to really go deep for you. These cheeses... Uh, uh, let me just say that, um, so I picked out these cheeses yesterday, um, and I was so excited about them that I texted Matthew on the way home from the grocery store and was like, do you mind if I eat some of these tonight? And I opened up four. And of course, of- I said, absolutely, you may not. <laughs> I opened up four of them and ate them last night, and um, one of them was so bracing that I really had a hard time with it. Uh-huh. And oh, first, before that, you you texted me a picture of, of a bunch of cheeses and said, like, I kind of went overboard. It's one of the sexiest pictures I've ever received. <laughs> I have to tell you that the, the smell that pervaded my kitchen last night after, like, letting these cheeses sort of sit out a little bit before I ate them, uh, it, it was so pungent that I woke up in the middle of the <sighs> night go like kind of dreading the fact that I had to put them in my car to drive them to your apartment today. Oh, now you've got a stinky cheese car. In the middle of the night, I was like, how am I going to get these cheeses to Matthew without permanently damaging my car? Do you have a safe? Well, so I remembered these like locking Tupperwares (laughs) that I use for my Christmas cookies. Sure. Oh, I hope you're not going to use them this year. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, but yeah, it kind of kept me up at night thinking about how I was going to get them over here. Wow. No, I can, I can see that's the sort of thing that, that uh, I would obsess about in the middle of the night too. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do it. This ad goes out to all of our listeners with breasts and the people who love them. Listen, I think we can all agree bra shopping is a real drag. Even if you kind of like the old department store bra lady experience, it requires like getting on a bus or driving a car or using your feet to walk there. And then you got to find a parking space or find a door and you got to open the door and you got to talk to somebody. You can spare yourself all that trouble and get a really comfortable bra that fits you beautifully. You really can. And you can do it by going to thirdlove.com. You can try any of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras free for 30 days. You just pay $2.99 for shipping, wear it, do whatever you do in your bra. If you like it, keep it. If you don't, send it back and there's no harm done. They won't charge you a thing. I've been wearing these bras for years now. They're incredibly comfortable. I'm so happy with them and I know you will be too. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Holy this shit. one? Oh yeah, it's it's getting fragrant. So uh, yeah, so we've got some hard ones here. We've got some domestic. We've got. Did some- you see the employees in the back smearing older cheeses onto <laughs> younger cheeses and cackling? <laughs> oh yeah, that's hot. Ooh. Wait, did, did you say, does it say just, somewhere on here that you once went into a cheese cave? Yeah, so um, so I had to, I got this assignment. To, I, I feel like I'm a late night talk show. It says here on your bio. No, I'm, I'm Alex Trebek. It says here you once went into a cheese cave? What was that about? Uh, no, I once got this kind of like dream writing assignment from Town & Country Magazine. Oh. Which is totally not my demographic. I once got this. I think you may be wrong. I got this dream assignment to go to Bordeaux and basically write about food in Bordeaux. And there is this incredible cheese shop. It's called Jean Dalos. It's a man's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the, the cheese shop and um, he took us down in the cave, which was under the cheese shop. You like walk down these like stone spiral stairs. Cave being French for 
cave. So, um, basement. And, <laughs> exactly. And anyway, it was awesome and it was really cold. Uh-huh. And yeah, he had different rooms for different types of cheeses. And, and were the cheeses like lined up on shelves or Yeah, yeah, like on racks, like you know, um, it was it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and yet so much cooler because it actually exists. <laughs> it's like it's like um, I know it's that's... like it's like the apocryphal like I I don't know like I always think that that these things these like cave aged descriptors are like it's not really a cave yeah. down there, but no, this had like stone walls. No, I often find myself thinking about it, what some scenario <laughs> or other where where I'm thinking it would be really cool if that really existed, but it's usually not about cheese. that's called trying too hard Uh, yeah okay hey we even have a lesbian made cheese here (laughs) great (laughs) i feel really excited about this is that a category of cheese can we do an episode on that yeah we should okay do you want to start with that one no okay i don't even know like i'm scared of this one because look it's got this purplish tint to it oh yeah Okay, Matthew. It looks so, sort of like a uh, overcooked hard-boiled egg. Okay, so let's... Oh, God. Oh God I don't want to touch No, the I'm rind. excited for this. Okay, Matthew. So I feel like we should start with the old faithful that is Gruyere. Okay. Uh, Gruyere is a washed rind cheese? Yeah, I didn't know that. So it is always made from raw milk, and it is uh, and it is a washed rind cheese. It is That's... washed for a minimum of five months. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Gruyere is a pretty big cheese. It's a I was, real big. I cheese. was thinking that these would have to all be small cheeses so that the washing could penetrate into the center of the cheese, but apparently not. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Gruyere is kind of a it's... big flat cheese. Yeah, it's kind of a big flat cheese. Anyway, you're kind of a big flat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's washed for at least five months, and then it's aged for between six and 18 months okay and anyway it's probably like i don't know probably the most common washed rind cheese in the in the states in terms of like what people actually eat yeah that makes sense um do you think i is is there like a like an agriturismo thing where you can just like go and wash some cheeses because it seems like it would be very relaxing so meditative yeah i think so it I, i love that they call it washed and not like um, well, it's sometimes called it smeared, apparently. Well, but not like uh, painted or, uh-huh. you yeah. know. Um, so anyway, I Gruyere don't, is so good. Gruyere is so good. I um, I don't know what it's painted with, but love. It's so nutty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It's got like those protein crystals. Mm. So good. Mm. Comte is is like basically they're, the same thing, right? They're both like Swiss style, like mountain cheese. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beaufort. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. Mm. That's so great. Okay. Let's move on to this no, cheese let's, called... Let's, let's just stick with Gruyere. It's so okay. good. So let's move on to this cheese that is called Chaume. It's a cow's milk cheese from southwest France. And according to Wikipedia, Chaume is French for stubble. I don't know about you, but like this is the weirdest looking stubble I've ever cheese seen. She's a clock shadow. Yeah. Um, and it is a rather popular cheese Ooh. among modern French varieties, in particular with children. I know which one is the Chaume because it says Chaume on the rind. Perfect. Let's see how we like it okay. since it's popular with children. I think of myself as being a lot like a French child. You know, here's another question for you, Matthew. Yeah. Do you ever eat the rind of these kids? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and by kids, I mean cheese. Um, it. 
I eat the rind if someone tells me to, or if like someone is there who I think is going to hold your hand. Well, no, he's, he's gonna like look down on me if I don't eat the rind. Oh, really? I never eat the rind of never. these guys. No, I'm frightened of it. It just seems so. But, but you do eat the rind of like a, a brie or camembert. Right? Yes, soft ripened cheese. Yes, right? that's okay. true. That's true. There's something about the the kind of. Um, I'm liking Orange-ish. the texture here. Yeah, this has like this kind of rubbery oh, kind of. This is laughing cow cheese. It's not exactly. I mean, it's definitely funkier than laughing cow, but mm-hmm. the texture is very similar. Mm-hmm. It's got this kind of sticky. Yep. Elastic. And you you can cut texture. it into a cube, which we did, mm-hmm. and it stays a cube. Mm-hmm. But like a little a kind of bouncy. I feel like it would bounce if we dropped it. Mm. This is definitely. I feel like it is definitely funky. Mm-hmm. But it's funky in this way that is like um, really creamy tasting too. It's very likable. I think even if you think of yourself as a non-adventurous cheese eater, I feel like this is kind of lovable. Yeah, get on that shome. Well, so along the same lines, let's let's eat some telegio. Oh, please. Which um, oh, I don't even have bread going yet. Yeah. Okay. So um, telegio is from northern Italy. Mm-hmm. Cow's milk. It's also kind of a sticky, kind of elastic texture. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, Taleggio is uh, Italian for Talenti Gelata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you just got rid of a lot of cheese with that rind, no, dude. I, I, I'm going to pick it up and nibble it up to the rind. Yum. I feel like this is probably true of many of these cheeses, but Taleggio can uh, can range from pretty firm like this one to pretty runny. Mm-hmm. This one definitely has oh, like a pronounced salty thing going on. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so salty. Did you say salty or sulky? Salty. But you know what? I just want to be alone with this cheese. I just want to sulk with this cheese. I love this cheese. Yeah, this is great. It is so salty, though. After Mm -hmm. a while, you're like, wow. Mm -hmm. I need some wine. I was eating some bacon this morning and realized it was really good bacon, but it was also incredibly salty. Mm -hmm. Good story, huh? Mm -hmm. We're killing this episode. Yep. Okay. Telegio, thumbs. So so far, everything's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so, so, it's so weird how you bought a bunch of expensive cheeses and they're all good. Yeah, it's weird, right? Okay, wait, hold on. Let's um let's step back a little bit and do this um this like domestic one. I think this is domestic. Mm-hmm. Is it domestic? Oh no, I tore I mean it the looks label. like it. I tore, it's Bella Vitano Merlot by Sartori. That I have, sounds like a Wisconsin type of deal. It really does. It is um made from pasteurized milk and it's painted in Merlot. I would have n- not bought this. This does not speak to me. But two people at Whole Foods recommended it to me. Hmm. And you I don't think know they if had they like recommended a bunch they needed it. to get rid of? I don't know if they recommended it to me because they were like, oh, this is a surefire win because it's not scary. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. It kind of tastes like Parmesan. Like a young Parmesan. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's good. It's it's. Uh, I feel like I don't understand how this benefits from the washing of the rind. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, I, I feel like it has like a little bit, you say it's Merlot washed. Mm-hmm. This may be just the power of suggestion, but I feel like it does have like a little bit of whiny character to it. Mm-hmm. But then so do I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of indifferent to that one. It's fine. Like a bit, I would certainly take it over no cheese. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a bit of a, if, if what you're looking for is like some real funk, mm-hmm. it doesn't bring the funk. It's more of a, more of a John Mayer, less yeah. of a Bootsy Collins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This cheese is a wonderland. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I once heard someone totally non-ironically describe their boyfriend's body as a wonderland. 
And was this I was before like, or after the song? This was after the song. Okay, but like it was, it, like it was just so non-ironic. I, mean, I guess, but it's just like. I mean, it it, it it was it the cliche that you objected to. I think so. Because I mean, it seems it seems nice, except that except that it's already. I think what a you're really song. saying, Matthew, is you wish that your body had been described as a yes, wonderland. Of course, that's what I'm saying. Are you kidding? But speaking of which, if you are a subscriber to this show, you might have heard the nude beach episode uh-huh. in which um, I I describe Matthew's body. Yep, this is true. Wow, <laughs> now no one's going to subscribe. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. So let's try this cheese. This is made here in Washington State. Um, It is Reba, is the name of this cheese. It's from Tyaton Farm and Creamery in Yakima Valley. Is that how you pronounce that? Tyaton? Yeah. Okay, I I never knew. And it's sheep and goat's milk. And this is a Reblochon style. I really like Reblochon. Yeah, I do too. And that's, Um, that's a cheese that's used, it like goes with some potato thing. Oh. Right? Uh, No, well, no, that's raclette. But Reblochon, does it also get heated and shaved on stuff? Oh, God, this cheese fights back. Well, what was the thing we were going to look up during the break that we didn't do? Because now we have two things to look up. Hey, Matthew, watch. Oh, wow, that is a bouncy-ass cheese. This is so rubbery. What is it? That cheese is like Dr. Dre's car. Wow, this is fascinating. But it's rubbery like the way that... um, The way that these these other guys were rubbery in this like kind of sticky, bouncy way. Okay, this... I'm a little scared. Cheese is so cool. Hmm. I'm scared, Matthew. It's very mild. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a mild cheese. It's got sort of a, like a echo to it. Like, mm, I just got the goat part. Yeah, yeah. It'll get your goat, but it takes a minute. Wow, that's really nice. I've never tasted anything like that. Yeah, I like that. Wow, good picks. Wow. You know, like the most famous of these is um, a poisse. Which oh. I, I couldn't find. Can I read you the description from Series Eats? Please, a, a like I, I know a poisse is like a, a legendarily stinky cheese. Yeah, right? it's from Burgundy, and it's it's washed in brine that's infused with this brandy called Marc de Bourgogne. Um, anyway, okay, this this is Liz Thorpe of Series Eats says it's packaged in a little wooden box, and when it's ripe, the cheese appears to be swaddled in a Vaseline smeared quilt. Ew! It can and should be scooped and smeared like butter. That's cool. Yeah. Though it stinks up the air with shockingly rude odors, the flavor is deliciously meaty. Oh, I'm sorry you couldn't get that. Is, is this oh. one of those ones that's hard to get because of, because of anti-cheese hysteria? I think it's hard to get in the States, yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's probably always made with raw milk and it's probably aged for less than 60 days, which is what the USDA requires, or yep. the FDA. FDA? What, one of those, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. One or both of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I've got an answer to to a question. Mm. Uh, <laughs> listener listener questions are rolling in. Uh, tartiflette au mm. reblochon. Mm, yes, tartiflette. Et cuite au four. Tartiflette Savoyard. Yeah, it's from it's from uh, Savoie, mm-hmm. and it is with potatoes and ham. I think yeah. usually, and it's like this. We should make this. We should make this. We should also do a raclette episode. Yes, oh, I mean man. we've already gotten all of the diagrams sent in, so we know how to do it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, Matthew. Yeah. This last one. This is the scary one. This is the one that I we ate should have last gotten night. it out of the way earlier. Oh like, God, like, I can't deal. It's so this is um, Hartwell made by Jasper Hill Creamery in Vermont, a wonderful cheesemaker. 
This is oh um, my god. This is cow's milk. Oh my god. And it's washed. I haven't even gotten the thing open yet. Just like a tiny crack. Like, oh, it, let out, it's like so brimstone. offensive. It's offensive. Um, it is washed with the sediment f- with sediment from the making of apple cider. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just quickly closed the container. Okay. Okay, no, I can't get close. <laughs> oh no, we're, this is how we're gonna die. Oh god. No, I ate this one last night, and for as much as I want to be game, and I know that this is like a beautifully made cheese and whatever, I was just like, no, 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 no. Oh man. Right. And I ate a tiny amount with bread. This is I've this had... is what I was scared of as a child, that this is what I thought all stinky cheeses mm-hmm, were like, or mm-hmm. all washed rind cheeses, a term I used a lot as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I have had some other washed rind cheeses in France, like long, which kind of looks like an orange brain. <laughs> um, it is nowhere near as stinky and... I don't know. I mean, what is the flavor of this? It's like it's death and decay. It, well, it's like petting zoo. It's, oh. it's like uh, Satan's petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. I mean, I I respect the the artisanship. Yeah, and I guess I, is all I can I say. And I think what we're saying is we really love these cheeses that are popular with children. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I kind of wish I didn't. I didn't hear you say that about the French children, mm-hmm. but but French children, we were who are like a million times as sophisticated as American children. French French children, I think, are more sophisticated. Yeah, I think that's the title than... of one of those French parenting books. <laughs> French children are more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Spilled Milk was brought to you by Third Love. You can skip all the hassle and still find a perfect fitting bra in minutes just by checking out Third Love. Their Fit Finder quiz will recommend the bra that's right for your size and shape. And then you can try it free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping and that's it. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to find your perfect fitting bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Well, that was almost entirely delicious. Wow. Almost. Um, Which of these am I allowed to keep? I don't know. Let's fight over it after the show's over. Okay. But anyway, wow. Like, How do you say rock, paper, scissors in French? I don't know. Is, I don't is it Rochambeau? Oh, yeah. But that's not like... Um, wasn't wasn't Rochambeau a French historical figure or something? <laughs> or like a, a cardinal or a cathedral or something? No, he used to work at the uh, the uh, insurance agency with Alfonso Mango. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. You can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com where we'll post a list of the cheeses we tasted, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a link to that uh, cheese article by Liz Thorpe on SeriousEats.com. Yep. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. What are the what are the best washed rind and or stinkiest cheeses you've ever had? Yeah. And I mean, what do you what do you really what, what? do you really think? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listeners, what do you really like? No. But I mean, like, like, are, are there people out there who want to defend Munster? I mean, <laughs> really? Come on, people. Show me what you've got. Of course there are. I mean, like. Thousands of pounds of it are eaten probably every day. I mean, I don't know if those people want to form a monster defense league, but <laughs> um, and um, please leave us a review on iTunes. Find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Maybe you want to send us an Apoise de Bourgogne. You, oh, you can well, tell us about I'm that. Sure on that's Facebook. very illegal. Oh, and, whoops. <laughs> um, well, not not just that, but but like 
I mean, I don't care about cheese smuggling. I'm, I'm not. I'm not like a, a stickler for cheese law. It's that I'm afraid of what's going to happen when we open the box. Well, yeah, that would be illegal. Right. It would yeah. be. It would be like the box would be smeared with an older cheese. Yes. And it, the box would start ripening <laughs> from the inside out. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. You know, Matthew. Yeah. I love to talk about how you're older than me. Yeah. I was just wondering if there's a play we could make on it here about older cheeses being smeared on younger cheeses. <laughs> Probably. To transfer the microorganisms. Uh-huh. <laughs> please don't, please, don't, the... please don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Anything else about washed rye cheeses? Um, no, I'm trying to find like a good closing joke that's going to make this all worth it. What, what do you mean all worth it? Like it was all great except for, except for one scary cheese. No, but it wasn't very funny. I'm being oh, serious I here. See. We need a funny Oh, you're thing. being serious about being funny. Uh-huh. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 